podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Gina Bianca podcast. Today, we have special guest, Michael Yost, my first business coach, one of my favorite people ever. He's back, and we're back for our strategies six-episode series. Today, we're going to talk about customer loyalty. Michael, welcome back. Yeah, it's great to be back, man. Loving loving doing this, loving uh, the way the series is going, and uh, looking forward to what we've got in store today, for sure. Yeah, I love it. Michael and I were just talking before we hit the record button. We were just like, we can talk literally for hours about these topics. It's like when you're really in love with the salon business, it can it could just go on and on. And I, I love talking to you, Michael, because I feel like I have such a great training from you and from strategies that like we're kind of just cut from the same cloth at this point. So when we talk and we just go on and on about these topics and all the ideas that come up, it's, it's just been really fun to do this. So thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. So if this is someone's first time listening to this series, you want to give yourself a little intro before we get into it? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, So again, if it is your first time, my name is Michael Yost. I am uh, president of Strategies. And, you know, with that, I just want to give just a little bit, if it's your first introduction, um, a little bit about myself just from a background standpoint. I initially started and I'm a hairdresser and still consider myself a hairdresser by trade. Uh, it's what I did. It's the passion of what I've done and what I love. Uh, and did that for 25 years and owned a business for 16 of those years uh, myself. And uh, then really got involved with strategies, which is again, is just a business education company. It's what we do. It's what strategies is about is helping businesses grow and get better. Uh, and we do offer coaching and classes and all that good stuff. But I, I found strategies for my own company and it changed the course in my business in such a major way that to put it very, just very directly and very honestly, I just felt like I needed, I wanted everyone else, all of my other friends in our industry to know what I knew. And it just became this, these doors kept opening then uh, to continue to be able to do that. And the next thing you know, I look up and, uh, and here I am, uh, president of the company, which is kind of crazy, but it's been fantastic. It's been a fantastic journey uh, over the past, well, it's been about 17 years since my first encounter strategies to where I am now, but, uh, it's been a great, so. Love that. Amazing. Awesome. So this series starts on, if you, if this is your first time listening to this series, make sure you go back and you start on episode 55 and we've got a few episodes released and we'll have about seven total episodes, starting with Neil. He is the founder of strategies and we start with Neil's episode and then we move in and talk about the four business outcomes. So the four business outcomes are productivity, profitability, customer loyalty, and staff retention. And these outcomes are going to happen no matter what. So your business is either going to make money or lose money or be even your, um, and that's like, you know, profitability, you're either going to be busy or going to be slow. That's productivity. Um, the customer loyalty, your customers are either going to stay or they're going to go. And then staff retention, your staff are either going to stay or they're going to go. So these things are going to happen no matter what. And today we're going to talk about customer loyalty and talk about, you know, how does customer loyalty in relation to the four business outcomes, how can we affect it? What is it? 
and how can we as leaders encourage our team and our business um, to have loyal customers. So let's talk about customer loyalty to start. And Michael, can you explain what customer loyalty is in relation to the four business outcomes? Yeah, I think the easiest way to talk about customer loyalty is to, to say this. I think it's easiest description is customer loyalty is the lifeblood of your business. Simple as that. It's, you know, you cannot have, so, if, you know, Gene just did a great job of just kind of giving the overview of the four business outcomes. And when we illustrate those and think about this visually in your mind, if you think about those four business outcomes as a, as a circle, all right, as a pie uh, divided in quarters, I want you to think about it as a circle because the circle is something that, you know, the, the illustration of a circle doesn't have a beginning or an end point. It's not like it's a line where you have a start point and an end point in a line. A circle really doesn't have a start or an end point. It's infinite. They're all tied together. And that's the that's the all I want you to think about in this illustration is the fact that these four business outcomes are all tied together and they all influence each other. So if we talked about the idea of specifically customer loyalty, we talk about that being the lifeblood of our companies, they're tied together with the others because we can't grow productivity without having a loyal without building customers that are loyal to our companies. It's hard to build profitability if we're not productive. And therefore, if we don't have a loyal uh, team of, of people that work for us and th that we're going to get into, into uh, the whole staff uh, piece here uh, in another upcoming podcast. But it all ties back also to customer loyalty. So think about it as the lifeblood of our companies is really as simple as it's it's just a great starting point for us to to kind of start the conversation with totally so customer loyalty i feel if is like one of the number one most important things even when i'm teaching one of my classes i always say how many of you guys have been here before and when I see repeating people raise their hands, I get obviously new people means my marketing is doing well, um, all of that is doing well. But like when people enjoy my service enough to come back, um, that is like the biggest compliment. And I think like loyal customers and having guests come in that like love your brand, love your business. I think that's like the biggest compliment that we can get. And like, how do we get there? Right. Well, you bring up a great point. So if we say customer loyalty is the lifeblood of our business, it's certainly, and you just gave a great illustration, Gina, in order to grow, we need to see people that are familiar and we need to see new faces as well. So that's what grows our business. But you bring up something that really is more at the depth of customer loyalty, which is customer loyalty, when you start to track it, and I'll, I'll kind of give this as a starting point. You, you, you have to be able to track and know your score when it comes to customer loyalty. And, and what I want to say with that is when I say your score, it means you need to be able to measure how many first-time clients have I seen come in my business and how many have returned within a, and we'll just say a certain time frame. Now, at strategies, we advise, we always look at it at 90 days because we feel no matter what industry you're in, 
everyone needs their services done within 90 days. Doesn't matter. I haven't talked to anyone yet, whether they're all spa or they're lash company only, or they're only hair or their medical facility, whatever. It doesn't matter. Everyone would say, Hey, listen, you need to have my services done again in a professional way within 90 days. So when we talk about it in at strategies, we talk about first time clients. We talk about existing clients. Again, the only difference there is first time is exactly that. It's their very first visit to your business. After that, they're an existing customer. And so you need to know your score, meaning what percentage of people that are new or existing returned within 90 days to your business. And the math is very easy. So let me give you a really easy illustration. You might look at it and we always suggest, let's look at it for a month period of time. So Gina, if we were to take this month that we just began right now, we said, hey, we're in September right now. Great, end of September comes. I'm gonna allow 90 days for all these clients to return. So I'm gonna wait for October, November and December to pass. But come January 1st, I can measure September now. Let's say I saw 100 clients, 100 new clients come in in the month of September. What percentage of those returned in that 90 days? That's your score. Did we get 50% return, 30%, 60% return? And we can talk a little bit more in, in a little bit maybe about what those numbers might more specifically mean, what you're shooting for. But for right now, and this is the point that I think, you know, you started even touching on, Gina, is... It's our customer service score is that's your, are we getting an A or an F on the test? Are we providing an experience? This is where it really comes in. Are you providing an experience people want to return to? Simple as that. Are we passing with flying grades? Are we giving them a great overall experience? Or is it something they're like, you know what? Um, that's not what I wanted or that's not what I was hoping for. And, and that kind of takes it to that depth that it really needs to be looked at. Lifeblood, but as much as anything, it's about ranking and rating your customer experience. 100%. And what you just said, like, are you providing an experience people want to return to? Such a great statement. Like the quality of our questions determine the quality of our life and business, right? So if we're asking ourselves, are, what is the experience we're providing? And is it something people would rush back to? Um, my fiance and I, we always say like, if something didn't blow us a bit away, we'll just like, I wouldn't rush back. You know what I mean? Right. Like I wouldn't rush back. And like, that's almost like the worst thing I mean, if someone said that about my business, I would be like, oh my God, like how can we get them to like want to rush back, write a review, tell all their friends, right. um, post on and post on Instagram about us. Like what can we do to make it crazy to not be a raving fan customer? And I think raving fan customer is like a huge goal to have like all customers should you want to be a raving fan and tell people about your business. So I right. love that. Um, what do you recommend for retention? So for new guests and existing guests, like what should people be shooting for? And what's like, you know, for me, I mean, I always like kind of go off of what you guys say. Um, and then I, I think like if it's anything less than that, it's like 911, like we need to be working on this. There's something wrong. Absolutely. There's a hole in the ship. Not yes, working out. exactly. So here's some guidelines. I'll, I'll give you some, some general guidelines and I'll kind of relate it to what I call my red light, yellow light, green light, you know, like a traffic light, right? So green would be, hey, keep on doing what you're doing, man. Traffic is moving smoothly. Keep, keep on going, do what you do. Yellow light is 
all right, I need to have a little bit of caution. I want, I want to take a look. Are we trending upward or downward? I, I want to be aware. It's a, it's, a, it's a warning. It's not slam on the brakes. It's not a red light, but you know what? Maybe, I, you know, I, I need to have an awareness. And red light would obviously mean stop. Stop what you're doing and address this issue right now because it, it needs addressed. So here's some guidelines for everyone. If you are uh, over, anything over, uh, 50% range uh, is really, it, it's really green light. That's really green light territory. So if you're over 50% and, oh, I want to be, I need to clarify for first time retention, for first time retention, remember we're going to talk about first time and existing. All right. So first time client retention, if you're over 50%, that's a green light. You're doing a great job. The higher you go above it, Awesome. The one thing I want to tell you is for everyone listening, do not expect to be over 70%. It's unrealistic. You may spike a month where you get higher than that, but don't expect that as a running average. We don't expect that. Don't hold yourself. In other words, don't hold yourself to a, a, a target that is unrealistic. You're setting yourself up for defeat. If you're 60%, you're maintaining that. You're doing a fantastic job. In other words, the experience is a positive one. So great work. Over 50%, awesome. Yellow light to me is 45, and it's a much smaller range, but we'll say 45 to 50%, meaning some things are happening the right way, but am I trending? Am I So am I in good shape, meaning I came away from below 45% and I'm trending upward? So cool, I'll keep doing what I'm doing, but I just want to have an awareness or... Was I in the 50% or higher range and now I'm slipping backwards? So now the yellow light's coming on to say, hey, before you go too far, don't allow yourself to get below this yellow light. Pay a little, a little heed, a little caution. And if you're below 45%, that's a full-on red light, meaning something with the experience is not right in your company and you need to stop and take a look at it and, and i'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about what that overall thing can look like and i won't go into it now but just to give you some guidelines below 45 percent for first time again first time client retention that's a definite red light in your business and just to let you know Industry average, and this isn't just only hair, this is in the beauty industry. So if you fall under that umbrella, and this has not changed, and we track this and we work with over 200 coaching clients currently, 200 businesses, so we see the numbers every day as well, and it's held true for year and year out. 32% is the industry average for first-time client retention, meaning you lose seven out of 10 that's a frightening number that you can't afford to lose and grow your business. Now, take the same theory. I'll apply it to existing. If you are over 80%, I'd say even 85%, all right? If you're over 85% for existing client retention, you know, here's where that number can get high, like this 85 to 90, low 90 percentages. If you're over 85% for the existing customer, meaning they've been to you more than one time, that's green light. I'd say high 70s to 85%, meaning 77, 78% to 85%, that to me is yellow light. All right, there's a little bit of caution, but I'm happy with that. But 
you know, once you slip below that 80% range, especially that yellow light should come on, you know, maybe even 75 to 80 is that yellow light range. And if you're below 75% for existing, that is definitely a red light moment where, again, people are not returning. We need to identify why that is happening. Where's the leak in the boat? Because that, that's not how we grow businesses and it's not the experience you want to provide. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. So let me ask you, um, I, I do a lot of coaching with people too. And sometimes I get the answer of like, you know, everybody's so busy or they're overbooked or they have, or they're underbooked, right? Um, and they have these emergencies where it's like the red light is on. How do you reason with someone to be like, you have to do something when they say like, oh, I can't. Like a lot of people will be like, I can't, I'm booked for six months. Like I can't, I'm booked for this long. Like what kind of like action needs to be taken? You know, like, so I know that's like a super broad question, but I get this all the time. It's like, I will be able to be like, okay, so you need a price increase as soon as possible because you're gridlocked, you're overbooked people can't get in, money's knocking on the door and you won't answer. Like people are going through this and it's just like, you need to change. Like what advice would you give somebody who is so deep into their habits and their business running them and them not running their business? Like what advice would you give them when they say like, oh, I can't? Well, I, th I think something, you know, a great question. Um, you know, and kind of even what you just kind of referenced is even more, and again, I know you weren't given directors, but a little bit more even productivity related, but how do we get high productivity? We retain clients. You know, that's when we get that. If we get high productivity and we're out there and we're always, you know, we're turning people away, you know, that is nice opportunity times to be able to do some things positively that can impact our business in a good way. But the only way to get there is to retain clients. So for people that I would say this, for those, especially in the area of customer loyalty that are like, well, you know, I'm just not sure. I don't, you know, any excuse. I'm not sure if I've got the time that I need to really commit or, you know, I'm not sure. Listen, if your business is, is failing this subject of client retention, let me just tell you the only motivation you should have is to know that whatever you wanted for your business is going to be really hard to achieve without customers coming in the door. Because really what this is, is you got to think about it this way. How much, how quickly, here's a great one. How quickly would all of us take action if suddenly we got um, a continuous amount of one-star Yelp reviews. How long would you go, you know what, let's let that keep happening. You know what I mean? You wouldn't wait around for that. How long would it be on social media when people were downvoting you or giving you a thumbs down or whatever, you know what I mean? Or, or posting, you know, comments negative, whether it's through, you know, Facebook or, or comments through, you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you know, whatever outlets. You know, how long would you say, let me get a lot of negative Google reviews going out there before I took action? And the fact of the matter is most people 
most people don't post whether they, you know, some will post positive or negative, but the majority of people do not write a review, but they do talk to everyone else that they know. And while they may not put it out there publicly, they're out there giving one-star reviews at every dinner party, uh, at every uh, basketball game that they sit next to their neighbors with, at every baseball game, at every soccer field. It happens all the time. How long would you allow that to happen? That's why when you know your number, you don't have to wonder what's happening. You know what's going on. A 32% first-time client retention rate or a 70% or below 75% existing rate, I don't need someone to write me a review and give me one star. That's saying I'm one star. And, you know, that's that probably is the best way I can phrase it. I mean, you know, then it comes down to we need to take action to address it. And, and you know, that's a whole other, you know, conversation, which I'm happy to kind of continue to have. But I'll just kind of end my thought right there for the moment, at least. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, I uh, So I love to just talk about GBH because that was like my five-year case study of being a salon owner. Like literally... I learned so much during that time and customer loyalty and that guest retention number. I learned so much about my business by tracking that number. So I'll give you an example, which I think you'll enjoy. Um, I had an artist. She was great when she didn't have personal things in her life going on. She right. was great when everything was great in her personal life. But when things were not great in her personal life, it was awful. Not only for like the customers, but for her team, for our team, you know, like it would just be like negative, whatever. And tracking her retention was so interesting because it was like, and, and, and tracking guest retention is so interesting in general because you, it's almost like you're going back in time. You know, so I'm, I'm tracking, like you said, September in January. So if I run September's guest retention numbers, I can look at it and be like, okay, well, nobody came back from September. That this same thing happened. This exact thing happened. She had like zero guests retained, like zero new clients. And I was like, oh my God, it's a black hole. That's what I call a black hole. Right. Feed a client, the client never comes back. <laughs> client just disappears. Yeah, client disappears. And that obviously like the worst thing for your business, right? So um, looking at what was going on in September, she had just broken up with her boyfriend. So you can look at and say like, oh, okay, that explains it. She was miserable to everybody, whatever. But like, if you look at, retent like, being present in your business is so critical because yes, like, and I'll be devil's advocate, relying on the numbers, knowing the numbers is great, but being present in your business and noticing this before it happens is even greater. So yep. being able to see and feel out and check in um, some, some ways that we retained guests at GBH, and I'm just going to throw a few out that I learned over my experience. And obviously you were my coach for most of my time at GBH. So I'm sure you'll remember the things that we did, but, um, at GBH, we did guest callbacks. So after two days, 
we would call the guests and we had a script that we ran and we said, hey, this is Alyssa from Gina Bianca Hair. I'm just calling to check in and see how you're enjoying your new hair and how your experience was at our salon. We'd love to hear from you. We'd either leave that on the voicemail or we talk to everybody. And then we would ask them a few clarifying questions like, how was your shampoo? That was a big deal for me in the wash house to have a good shampoo experience. And then we would ask them at checkout if they got the hot towel. Like we would ask them, like, how was the hot towel? You know what I mean? And we, yep. tr we did our best to like maintain that consistent, solid experience. So the guest callbacks were huge. And then if we had, you know, when I was busy behind the chair, seeing five clients an hour, um, 250% booked and all of my new artists were either not busy or they were having low, low guest retention. My story was I'm holding this place. I can't stop working, right. you know, but all of my new guests that I'm feeding to these people who do have time, they weren't being retained. So really, really important to look at the guest experience. And it all comes down to you know, I talk about it and call it reputation, experience, demand, education, and then your costs. So reputation is what people are saying about you. You know what I mean? Like, what are people saying about your experience? Your experience, so moving on to experience, it would be your experience and then the guest experience. So are you experienced enough to cut a men's cut, a clipper cut? Are you experienced enough to use a pair of clippers? For some people, they can't, and they can't be doing those services. They can't do it. They need to practice. Are you experienced enough doing a balayage? Do you need to take models? And what we would have, if people would have a lot of redos, bad reviews, or low retention, we said, okay, hold the phone. You're doing two models a week on your own time until your skill set gets there. Yeah. Because you have to care enough about your craft. And, you know, it's hard to find people who care these days enough about their craft. And it's, you know, I think that your training program, the consistency of your experience and all of these things and following up and communicating with the guest all will help improve that number. Well, you bring up a great, I mean, what you're bringing up is really at the heart of this, uh, of this whole piece around customer loyalty and retaining clients is when we talk about the experience, you, we all, we all have to consider and, and you really started tapping into this, Gina, with what you just were sharing, we all have to consider the fact that this is an overall experience that people are coming into. There could be any number. This is why this number is probably the most important number in your business, but also without a doubt, one of the most challenging to find out where the leak is if there is one, because it can be any number of things. Think about it again to relate it to you know, try and relate it to things that we deal with every day. Why didn't you return to that restaurant, you know, that, uh, that you just recently visited? You know, I'm, I'm throwing out a hypothetical. I don't know that you just visited a restaurant or not. Gina, I'll let but... you know. Yeah, I'll okay. let you know. They're understaffed. They're literally understaffed. It takes 20 minutes to some, for someone to come up to the table. And then the food takes 45 minutes. And then right. you're literally like, okay, I can't come here unless I book two hours. Like the food is right. great, but like it doesn't fit into my schedule because they need more staff and they need another cook in the kitchen. Yep. Perfect illustration. And so, you know, that's exactly it. You notice what Gina shared is I went to the restaurant. What's the first thing you think about? What is the quality of the food? You know, what is the quality of, 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 the, of the food that was served to me? 
And we think that's the end all be all. But the fact of the matter is it's not. There's more to the experience than just that. It's great that the food is good. Now, down the road, you may give it another shot because you're like, well, the food was good and, and we'll see if they got any better. But you might not be, you know, why do you go back to the places that you're loyal to? Because the experience from A to Z is a good one, not just the skill providing. And, and here's my, here's the thing I want everyone out there to really attach to. We get so focused on the skill piece, and that is extremely important. Do not get me wrong. Extremely important. But so is how someone is greeted. So is uh, the rest of the experience that goes around them, the other conversations, the consultations, the way that they were treated in different aspects and areas of your business by other people. How many times do those things go bad? And that's the reason we don't return. I mean, I'll give a quick illustration for myself. So um, uh, my, uh, moved my family to, uh, we're located here in Connecticut. And so I moved my family to Connecticut now just over two years ago. And so we moved from over 500 miles away. So when we moved here, we didn't know any business. We had to reestablish new businesses, relate, new business relationships, new dentist, new doctor, new place to get our own hair done. All of these things in our area, we had to establish all new, all new relationships. And it was very fascinating to see relationships that we elected to continue to do business with those companies that we might have thought that there are others, their skills were fine, but the rest of the experience wasn't what we were looking for, you know, and it was amazing to look and see, you know, so don't get fixated on one thing because it could be many things like you, like you illustrated, you know, well, you know, so-and-so broke, broke up with their, with their partner their girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And the next thing you know, they're, you know, they're coming in all under, you know, all kind of down and in this and that, and that just bleeds out to everything around them. And people were like, well, dang, you know, I don't want to go there. And the, and the, the thing I also want to point out is for all of our businesses, and here's the one thing that really holds true, you know, it doesn't matter what your business is, whether you're independent or you're uh, a, uh, an employee-based business or anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, even thinking about, like, see, even for yourself, Gina, it's like, hey, now you own the network. We've got, uh, how many people do you have as a part of your network right now? Um, we have like 22, I think. Great. So you got 22. Awesome. That's fantastic. It's great. But here, here's the deal. It's only great if people are coming in and people are going. Now, again, there is a little bit of that, certainly that independence and things like that. But don't get me wrong. For anyone out there that's listening, let's not get it mixed up. What still is going to happen? If, if Mrs. Smith leaves the network and she goes and she doesn't enjoy her service, she's going to say, hey, listen, I went to Michael at the network. Well, guess what just happened? You know, yeah, Michael's name got put out there negatively, but so did your business potentially as well. Like this isn't good, you know, it 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 transcends the no matter what your business setup is, this is that important because this is how people hear about us. You know, why are you fans of the places you're fans of? 
And why do you do business with the places you do business with? Because uh, the overall experience is one that you that you enjoy, not just a small piece of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really important. It's the whole experience. Just because you're great at hair, if you're 30 minutes behind, if you can't run the books, <laughs> yep. if you, um, yep. and you know, even and you know, sometimes it's like, you don't really know, like if somebody's off, but like when they're talking to their guests for three hours, like what conversation are they bringing? <laughs> Here's another one. Here's another one that was really interesting. And I want to share this on the podcast because it was such an interesting thing. I talked to somebody about one of my coaching clients. She's just like, listen, I, I have this girl working for me and I don't know how to bring this up to her but she's like really into crystals and spirituality and it's not religion, right? It's spirituality. She's mm -hmm. really into that. And like, I'm really into that. I love it. If someone started talking to me about it, I'd be like, yeah, sure. But other people are not into this. Okay. And you have to be really freaking careful who you talk to about spirituality and about those things. So this girl was talking with all of the clients. She's like, I'm really into this, this, and this. And she was talking about, all of these things that she was into and she was going too far with it and the clients were uncomfortable and my my coaching client I was talking she's like I don't know how to talk to her about this I'm like she needs to have boundaries and she needs to not bring this up to people unless the client brings it up to her and she needs to find dialogue that says like hey are you open whatever because you can't just like spew your whole life onto your client um and the reason I bring that up is like you know, if you're spending three hours and you just broke up with your boyfriend, it's like, if you spend three hours talking to your client, like they're your therapist, you yep. know, you just can't, you just don't know. So anyway, those things, like the whole experience, the conversation that you have, the vibe that you bring, even what you're posting on social media, because if your client sees you posting about different things that are like controversial, you will lose clients from this. If your business can't separate, I'm a business and I'm an, uh, what is it called? An advocate, not an advocate, uh, a, po a po politician. Like you have to separate because you will lose people yeah. based on these things. So customer retention has so many facets that goes with it. It is not Absolutely. just the product that goes out. It's the entire experience. Like I said, this restaurant I'm talking about, the best freaking food. I don't even care if it's expensive. It, the food is the best. The service sucks. It's awful. One star. Right. And like I said, likelihood of returning, uh, very low. And we, we usually will go there for our meetings, like our staff meetings. And we were doing them once a week. But it's like, unless we dedicate like four hours to this, we're like not going because it's too right. much. So really looking at like when you run those numbers, yes, know your numbers, look at it and and really know what's going on. And you have a number to say like red light, yellow light, green light. Absolutely love that. Right. Um, I think that that's perfect. But being present in your business, I think is something. And that was like my life. I think that's like my life lesson when it comes to my business is being present and not always focusing on the business that I want, but focusing on the business that I have. Yeah. And I think if you've listened to any of the podcasts before this, I think I'm sure I've said it, but I'll say it here if this might be the first time. What you just brought up, Gina, is a great point. It made me think about the fact that, remember, numbers are simply an outcome. All right. They, 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 numbers don't mean – numbers are just an outcome of the actions that have happened, right? And so 
What we need to address is the actions to turn those numbers around. It's one thing to see a number that you don't like. In other words, like a low client retention number or, or anything like that. Just recognize that that simply is only a number. And the good news is that number can change if I change my action that goes into it. And if you've got a great number that you love, you're getting a great, you know, you're, you're passing with flying colors and you're all green light, then awesome. That means your actions are the right actions. So just allow, allow the numbers just to be able to say to yourself, listen, we're either taking the right actions with how we're providing this experience, or we need to change up somewhere our actions to provide a better experience, depending on what you see. Totally. And tell me if you agree with me on this. Those retention numbers that you gave, so 65% for new guests, the green light for new guests, and the green light for existing guests, right? Yep. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. That is the system and the baseline. And when you have a business that runs with green light, your goal should be to go above and beyond and make it absolutely crazy for someone not to get services done from you. So green light isn't, oh, I've made it. Green light is, this is the system we hold here. And then we go and over deliver and go above and beyond. Like that's a business with raving fan customers. It shouldn't be like, let's work for the bare. The bare minimum is green light. Absolutely, 100%, 100% in agreement with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fired yes. up. These calls get me so fired up. Yeah, I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. <laughs> I got one right here. That's right. All right, Michael, this has been amazing. Next time when we meet, we're gonna be talking all about probably one of the most challenging that's a good way to describe it. One of the most challenging outcomes, which is staff retention. So Michael, I'm so excited to meet with you again and go over staff retention. But until then, remember everybody, you can sign up for the incubator seminars through strategies or any of their seminars using my code Gina 10, you'll get a nice discount on strategy seminars. They're amazing. I've taken almost all of their seminars, many of them multiple times. And the business foundation that I have, I would not have without strategies. So if you're a salon owner, if you're looking to learn more about salon business, strategies is the place to learn from. They are my mentors, my coaches, and some of the best people in the world. So below in the caption, you will find all the information and we'll see you all on the next one.